Welcome to the Bubblehead Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Eric. You can find me on Twitter at Eric, E-R-I-K underscore Bubblehead. I'm here with my co-host, Robert. How are you doing today? Doing good. You know, um, excited for the episode today. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, BBH Robert. And, uh, you know, let's, uh, what are we talking about today, Eric? Today, we're diving even deeper into the world of Devi fantasy football. We're going to be talking quarterbacks. We're going to do our top 12 Devi quarterback rankings. I'm pumped, Robert. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good episode. Uh, you know, we're this is like one of my favorite topics to talk about for, for college. Uh, I think that there's so much that goes into, you know, the transition from being a high school quarterback to even a college quarterback. And, you know, it's, I, I think it's like a really interesting little process for the, for that. So uh, being able to, you know, discover that talent, I think it's a uh, super fun. So, um, but yeah, with that, are you ready to jump in and start with my list? Yeah, let's go. You're going to start us off and I'll just kind of comment on what I think about your list, where you got it right, where you blew it up completely. Go ahead. Yeah. So uh, first up for me, uh, it was kind of a toss up between uh, the first two here, but you know, Bryce Young is like number one for me. I think he offers a, you know, a ton of talent, both accuracy. And um, I think he has a, a little bit better of a pocket presence than CJ Stroud um, as well as being, I think they're both like right on par with athleticism. I think Bryce Young just translates a little bit better for me. And um, you know, I, I've been a big Bryce Young fan for a while here, but uh, I don't think you can go wrong with either of these two quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, Bryce Young, he's a phenomenal talent. Um, we're talking Alabama. This was probably the worst set of weapons Alabama's had for a while. Um, and he still wins the Heisman. And without John Mechie, without Jamison Williams, almost wins the national championship. Bryce Young's an amazing college quarterback. And that right there is the only reason I have Bryce just below CJ is – the size scares me, Robert. I mean, they say he's 5'11", 197. I'd be shocked if he's more than 5'10". He looks so tiny. Are, are yeah, you worried about the size? I'm a, I'm not too worried about it. You know, I kind of – subconsciously, I kind of do hope that he goes through like a little late growth spurt, gets another <laughs> couple inches. But at the same time, like – um. You know, I'm not too worried about it. I think he plays well for his size. I think he he makes up for it with phenomenal accuracy, and um, I think I think he'll be fine. You know, I I would I don't I wouldn't disagree with anybody who puts CJ Stroud number two or number one. Um, and like I said, I think it's kind of a toss up. But you know, moving on to CJ Stroud. So CJ Stroud, he's a little bit bigger. I don't think he's as accurate as uh, Bryce Young, but I think he has a um, a little bit better of a deep arm. And I think that obviously he has the, the prototypical size that you're looking for, uh, for an NFL quarterback, um, a little bit more so than Bryce Young, at least. And yeah, I don't think there's any knocks on either of these two guys. I think they're going to be the bona fide number one and number two next year. So at least for, for offensive players. Yeah. The 2023 draft class in the NFL is shaping out to be phenomenal. I mean, like, both of these two could be number one draft picks in most years in the NFL draft. But honestly, maybe neither of them are because yeah. Will Anderson is a freak, <laughs> like yeah, absolute monster. 
Um, that being said, right, QBs tend to go up even if they're not as good of a prospect. Um, so I expect both of them to be definitely top 10 and probably top five picks. Um, so the success rate on those types of players is, is so high. Uh, I just tend to go with the player that's got a more standard NFL body. I just worry about Young's height. But, hey, if he goes to the combine and he gets an official measurement of, you know, 5'11", 5'11 and a half, you know, over 200 pounds, uh, that's, you know, it doesn't completely alleviate the concerns, but it definitely helps out a lot. Yeah, Yeah, exactly good enough. enough. Um, Yeah, and, I mean, you know, I actually had trouble – ranking these two mostly just because i you know i kept on changing my mind uh, you know i was like well i could you could convince me that cj stroud's a better prospect um but then i like kept on going back to like i want bryce young on my team more than i want cj stroud and that's not to say that either of them are bad it's just that i believe that the accuracy of cj stroud is going to translate to the nfl so well um but yeah well, i mean i think it's like it's too early to be seen right so but we'll see what happens there Um, and then my number three is Caleb Williams. Um, so I think actually Caleb Williams, he is the most dynamic athlete that I've seen at the position since Lamar. Um, and the thing is too, is I think he has a better arm. Um, at least than, than Lamar did coming out of college. And I think that's scary, right? Like it's like, I could see Caleb Williams being a bona fide superstar in the league. Um, there are still questions like obviously he was it was his true freshman season this past year so you know he did have some issues but I, he followed um Lincoln Riley to USC I think he has the potential to be the best Lincoln Riley draft pick at quarterback ever and um I'm taking that potential all day yeah I'm not gonna f- I'm lockstep with you. I think these three are the obvious top three tier. After this, it's quite a, a drop for me. Um, I'm a little surprised uh, that you saying you think he's going to be even better than Kyler because Kyler is clearly the best, you know, NFL QB that's come out of a Lincoln Rally system so far. Um, but I agree that he has the potential um, because I mean we saw it. Like he played half the season. He came into that game. That Texas Oklahoma game was just silly. Like Oklahoma was just getting trounced. And he just comes in and just runs the ball, throws the ball. Like he just did everything. It was amazing. It looked like a man amongst boys, honestly. And that was an 18 year old. It was amazing. And this was right, exactly like you say, a true freshman. And obviously Texas wasn't a great team, but Texas was playing a lot better on that day than they were as a team overall. Um, but just to clarify, when you say that he's the most dynamic player you've seen since Lamar, you're talking those that you believe have a NFL real, yeah. you know, future. Cause there yeah, are the Malik Cunninghams and the Brennan Armstrongs yeah. and, and the Doran Thompson Robinsons of the world. But yeah, Anthony Richardson's probably the best, uh, quarterback athlete. I think that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, that's who I was thinking it because he has, yeah. he has the NFL potential and, and perhaps we'll get to Richardson later. Yeah, I just don't see that. I, that he's like, you know, the arm ability that the like Caleb Williams has. So I think Caleb Williams is, I think kind of the, the best of both worlds. Oh yeah. Uh, the absolutely. Um, cause he's big, he's thick too. Like he's only listed at six, one, two, ten, but he, I just remember that, uh, what was it like a fourth and two early in that Texas game where he, 
he dodges someone in the backfield, just breaks through, I think it was a safety coming down the edge, and then just burns everyone for like a 48-yard touchdown run. Yeah, uh, so I don't, I don't know if you remember, but we were – I was like kind of covering Oklahoma City – uh, season, excuse me, Oklahoma season, most of the year, because I, uh, you know, you would always ask me like, you know, why do you hate Spencer Rattler? And I was like, well, I th- he throws a lot of picks, you know? So I've been, I was very interested in Caleb Williams at the very beginning of the season. And um, so I watched a lot of Oklahoma games. And I remember telling you at one point that I think Caleb Williams is a faster Cam Newton. And can you imagine like what that would be for the NFL? If like that ends up like playing out, like that's, you know, a scary, right? Like <laughs> I could, I cannot imagine trying to go up against a, a faster Cam Newton in his prime, right? Like that is terrifying. It, it certainly is. Um, I, I'm just curious to see what Williams can do going forward. Right. We had a small sample size. He had moments of brilliance, absolute brilliance, but let's not be, you know, fooling ourselves. He did have some ugly moments. He had some 18 year old in college moments on a big stage which yeah. I expect, and I'm not going to fault the player for it. What I just want to see is, hey, does he reduce those this next year? Does he reduce them the year after? I want to see a progression because yep. Caleb Williams has – I mean, he, he he's truly a special player. I mean, I don't really know what else to say. Uh, these yeah. three are in a clear tier of their, their own for me. Um, if I could get any of them – uh, in my Debbie drafts, I'm very confident that I can get NFL value out of them. Yep. And I, and I do want to say one last little thing about both all three of these guys even is if I don't see improvement year to year for any of these guys, that is a good reason for me to get rid of them. Um, there is nothing that will drop you a tear quicker than you just like being the same guy that you were as a freshman, you know, as you, as you get older, in college, right? I think if you're not improving in college, what makes me think you're going to improve when you get to the NFL? So I um, think that's a really good point because uh, that's kind of what I was actually thinking in my head. Um, even if the player, right, you take one of these three in the top round of your Debbie draft, if you say, you know, halfway through this season, or if we're talking Caleb Williams halfway through next season, you're just like, you know what? I just, I'm not seeing the development and, and, and I'm losing faith. You can still trade out and get great value for these players. They, I mean, if you could draft them in a normal NFL startup, we're talking these players as top 15 QBs, maybe even, yeah, you know, approaching top 12 um, where they're valued at right now. So that that's the good thing is these players are terribly very very insulated. Yep. Yeah. So let's move on to number four. Um, so this is kind of my next tier. Um, this is my tier that I, I like to call it my potential 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 tier. Um, so it's it's uh, Quinn Ewers is my number four. Um, and obviously, right? He went to Ohio State originally and got beaten out by. Um, CJ Shroud transfers to Texas. Now, my issues with Quinn Ewers, I question whether he has the accuracy to succeed at this level. I think he has a phenomenal deep ball, and I but I think that's 
that's right now where I, I see the issue is going from read to read and putting it on the guy. Um, that's, that's my issue right now with Quinn Ewers. Now, Quinn Ewers, though, is probably the one of the highest rated recruits in, in the last like five years right now. And to, so to say that he is a bad prospect is just wrong. Um, but I think when you look, when you try to compare him up to the top three, I think there there's one big hole in his game and that's the accuracy and going from read to read. I, I think those are like, that's like kind of your, your big red flag there comparatively to the top three. Yeah. I mean, you're totally right about his, his, recruiting profile as a high school player he by 24 sevens composite is the highest rated recruit that i have looked at in the last five years i mean over all these players that we've talked about and some other great ones as well um he's a special talent i'm just you know the the biggest concern i have for him is i haven't seen it at the college level so you know what's going to happen the second concern is texas is a freaking dumpster fire um, they seem to be turning around. They have some great talent. I mean, Bijan and uh, Xavier Worthy are are a proven superstar and an absolute burdening superstar. Uh, so I think the future for Texas is looking up. But hey, we've been saying that for ten damn years, right? So I'm not going to believe it fully until I see it. I like the size, right? Six three two oh six coming out of high school. That's a very good size. I'm hoping he can, you know, add a little girth to his frame and let's see him develop. Like, sure. You know, what you did in high school is amazing. Let's see what you can do. Um, And right. You say that CJ Stroud beat him out last year. I don't know if that's really fair because right. This guy reclassified. He was supposed to be a 2025 NFL draft QB, but he graduated a year early because he, you know, he had his academics in line and very, very late in the, just you know, preseason, the leading up to the 2021 season, he he joined Ohio State, right? He took that NIL bag, and then once he got that money, he came to Texas, and uh, you know he's coming back home. He's a Texas player, but yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I have Quinn Ewers at four myself. Very talented player. Just you know, what are we going to see? Yeah, uh, and then so next up, I have the two. For me, my top two freshmen, um, and uh, for me, the first one was Cade Klubnik. I think he's a better athlete than Drew Allar. So Drew Allar is my next guy at, five, at six. Um, but I and I, so I think he has a little bit better of a fantasy value in my opinion. Um, so I look at Cade uh, Klubnik and I look at Caleb Williams, and I, and I think they're very similar players. Um, I don't think Cade Klubnik's nearly the same level of athlete as Caleb Williams, but I think that that's kind of your your hope, right? Now, the reason I have Cade Klubnik first is I actually think that he will unseat DJ Ugalei from the starting quarterback spot for Clemson. Um, if DJ has the same type of season that he had last year, he will not be the starter midseason, in my opinion. I think it'll it'll look very similar to the Spencer Rattler situation where um, DJ is taken off it, either after a really bad game or... Um, you know, they, they just look to get the offense going by seven and Cade. So I, I think that's like kind of my, the, the big reason in my mind that I'm putting Cade first um, is those kind of the two reasons. But I, but I think they're both, uh, Cade Klubnik and Drew Al are both showed out at their respective spring games. 
And um, I think both offer the passing ability and the athletic the athleticism that you want to see from quarterbacks um, in today's NFL and today's college or football. I love Klubnik. Um, I guess compared to you, I am a hater. Um, I, I have Drew Alar above Klubnik as my uh, number one 2025 QB. But I get it. I mean, Klubnik's a great player. And I thought your point about this potentially being another Rattler, Caleb Williams situation was really intelligent because you're totally right. I mean, right, DJU, he's a phenomenal recruit himself, just like Rattler was. And if he plays poorly, uh, you know, he's going to he's gonna lose the job. He's, Klubnik is talented. Klubnik has looked good. My resistance, and one of the the two, there's two reasons I have Klubnik a little bit lower than Alar. One, doesn't quite have the size. Alar is six four and a half, two thirty two. Klubnik, he's six two and a half, which is good, but he's one eighty six. Now, obviously, he can pack on some pounds getting into a college weight program, and I think he probably will. But still, six two and a half isn't huge. Um, but I guess I'm just a darn fool because I still believe in DJ Ungale. I think that you know he's he's a talented player. Uh, he's very talented. He has a lot of tools. I'm hoping, maybe you know, I'm just hoping because I do, you know, I've I've been a fan of DJU for a while. I'm hoping that he can turn around. And the thing is, is Dabo, if he has an old, you know, an established veteran QB that is still winning games and, and playing decently, he sticks with them, right? He did that with Deshaun. He, you know, Deshaun sat for a while. Trevor sat for a while. Now, they eventually did unseat their players, the QBs in front of them, but none of them were the the talent that DJU is. So part of my reason fading Clayed a little bit is that I believe DJU is going to hold him off this year and potentially next year. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, with Drew Allar, Drew Allar is going to take over the job for Clifford next year. Uh, that, that's at least what it looks like right now, uh, obviously. You know, who knows what happens with the recruits in 2023. But uh, right now it looks like Drew Allar is going to be the number one guy there uh, in 2023 college football season. So, you know, that's – I guess if you're thinking that DJ is going to stick around that long, you know, then yeah, I, I absolutely. But, but my thing is – and I want to kind of go back to, you know, both of these guys is I think both these guys have extreme talents. Both of them are very good athletes. And um, the biggest thing that you want to see from, from uh, freshmen in my eyes is you want to see how they kind of go through their progressions. And, um, you know, I would be very interested to see either of them this year. Um, but I think you're kind of looking at like the long-term projection of these guys. And I, and I think, I think Cade Klubnik and Drew Allar are the top two guys from this class, and I think they have the top two positions in terms, or not positions, but um, the top two situations uh, in terms of the teams that they they went to. I think Clemson has a pedigree of producing top tier quarterbacks, <clears throat> and I think Penn State they're trying to be the the next man up in the Big Ten, and um, so I think they're they're looking and they're saying, well, hey, I mean we. We want. We think we can be with those big dogs of you know Ohio State, Michigan. You know now USC is going over there, right? Like so for me, like Penn State, they're saying, well, man, we need a quarterback. So 
I, I really like what Drew Alar can bring to the to that, that program. Yeah, you're right that Penn State is trying to be the next thing. That is one of my res- – that's probably my biggest reservation with Alar is that Penn State has not done anything at the QB position um, in terms of producing NFL talent. Now, I will say that they have a pretty good stream of running backs, wide receivers, and a few tight ends, and their recruiting in the last few years has exploded. I mean, uh, they're just – this freshman class that they have is silly. Um, so that's a great thing to see because, right, Drill R can, you know, work with them and, and hopefully really turn them around from being this great defense with a, you know, Iowa-level offense to being at least a mid- to upper-tier offense. Um, I think Alar is the perfect player to do it. Uh, I don't have too much more to say. I mean, they're they're both phenomenal talents. Um, I'm just going to slightly prefer Alar. Yeah, and then so next up for me is uh, at number um, seven is Connor Weekman. Uh, so he is the Texas A&M quarterback. Um, so I'm curious if he's going to actually be able to win this job. I I don't. I, I lean towards him not winning the job, but at the same time, I think he easily could take over the job next year because they don't have a good quarterback in front of them, and Texas A&M is absolutely looking to take the next step. Um, and I like Jimbo Fisher a lot. I think Jimbo Fisher is going to get the best out of him. Um, great athlete, played baseball, which. I don't know if you know this, but you know baseball players tend to have a lot of success for some reason in college uh, or or, in, or in, as a quarterback in general, right? So you know that's a so that's a it's just a weird little positive, uh, honestly, about a lot of quarterbacks is if they played um, if they play baseball, generally they're pretty successful in for uh, in getting to the NFL. Um, now, for me. I think the next big thing so that I want to see with him is, you know, who wins that job and then, you know, what does he look like if he loses the job? Like, what is it like? What does the situation play out? How does that situation play out uh, as the year goes on? Cause um, you know, that's, that's important. Yeah. Uh, Connor Wigman, the, the only thing that I'm worried about is where he's playing. Texas A&M is not a offense that makes me excited. They don't produce NFL QBs. They don't produce a ton of NFL talent on the offensive, you know, on the offensive skill position in general. Um, that's my only reason of being lower on Wigman. You're right. I mean, he's a great prospect. And honestly, what I'm wondering is, does he pull a Quinn Ewers where, I mean, first of all, he's not obviously, if he doesn't play this year, he's not playing behind CJ Stroud. Haynes King probably would be the person that would beat him out is not nearly, I mean, I just don't think he's that good. Uh, so if by the end of the year, Wigman isn't the starter in Texas AM, I'm pretty concerned to be honest. Um, I, I expect him to take over the starting job this year. And if he does, Wigman's potential is through the roof. Right, because like you say, Texas A&M is like basically Penn State is trying to be Texas A&M. Texas A&M has been absolutely murdering it on the recruiting trail. You know, in that 
enormously tough. SC West, they've held their own quite well. I think that if Wegman can give them like real high level QB play, you could be talking about someone that could vie with Georgia and Alabama toe to toe for years to come. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, call me, I'm probably just scouting the helmet too, too hard. I, I found myself more and more looking at like, where are these players playing? Because there seems to be trends. There really does seem to be trends. So Texan him worries me. Like he has to be a program changer. Well, so I, I think with Texas A&M, you also need to look at it. It's different since Jimbo took over a couple years ago. They, they've produced more talent since then. Um, they so, have, but it's mainly been defensive and offensive line. They, I mean, the recruiting is out through the roof. But I mean, Kellen Mond, like he's the best QB they've had. I mean, Kellen Mond's garbage in my opinion. But Wegman, I mean, he's got. He's got the talent. I mean, he's got the size. He's very athletic. I right. If I'm drafting Wegman in a right in a Debbie draft, I'm expecting him to start meaningful games this season, not just you know mop up duty. You know when they're blowing out South Carolina or you know whoever. Yeah. Yeah. So moving on. Um, so I just kind of wanted to say. So this was kind of. The first seven, and really the first six of these guys, I feel like the first six of these guys are all bona fide, like top five potential in 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 a, the NFL draft, and that's why they're higher than, than I guess the rest of these guys, right? And then Connor Connor Wiegman, I think he's also in that top five list, but I also think it's less likely for him to be to go that high. Um, and then now going to my number eight, which is Will Levis. I think you're looking at kind of the second tier of NFL quarterback prospects at this point. And that's not to say they're bad. Um, and that's because he's still going to be a first round pick. He'd probably be a, a high end first round pick, honestly. But what does he offer athletically and like in, in the NFL eyes that these guys do, uh, or th- that these guys I think will offer. Um, and for me, I, I just think Will Levis, like, I wasn't like terribly impressed with him in Kentucky. Like, you know, I think, I think he's a good enough athlete and I think he's got talent throwing the ball. Um, but I, I just never saw enough there to, to, you know, convince me that he is a program changer or, or a franchise changer. Um, and if you're not a franchise quarterback, you're not really all that useful in, in, in terms of these rankings. Right. Because, if you're not a franchise quarterback, you you would say you would be in like probably the quarterback 16 to 30 range of the NFL. And um, I'm looking the, I think a lot of these guys, I think the top seven really all have potential to be top 15 quarterbacks. So I do like Levis. I like him a little more than you. I think you're underrating his athleticism. Well, Levis pretty athletic. I mean, he was making a lot of plays with his legs, uh, you know, in the SEC last year. Now, right, we only have limited sample. This was a Penn State kid. This was supposed to be the right, the new Penn State uh, QB to bring him, you know, into that next level. Didn't work out. Um, they went with Sean Clifford, but he transferred to Kentucky and he had a fantastic season. I mean, um, what he had, he had he had sixty six percent completion percentage. This actually surprises me, right? Because he is. 
and everyone's going to hate this, but he's the Josh Allen comp. I mean, he's a big dude. He's got a huge arm. He can run well. His struggle is, you know, putting the ball exactly on the money. Uh, he runs decently. I mean, he's no Lamar by any means, and he's, you know, he's – but I like him. He He's the lowest toolsy player out of all that we've talked about, which, right, based off your rankings, that's kind of what you're going for. But – one, the fact that he's a 2023 helps me. Like that's important to me because uh, I'm going to be able to cash that in, that value in a little sooner. But I, I think you're right. I think he's going to be a first round pick, and he's going to be a first round pick when you have two super stud QBs. It's not like Kenny Pickett, who is like, well, we got to take somebody a QB this year, right, in the first round. Um, so I'm thinking Will Levis is going to grow in value, and the worst case scenario is you trade him, you know, this time next year, you trade him right after the NFL draft next year, you trade him during preseason, you trade him, you know, halfway through his rookie year when he's starting and, you know, runs for 80 yards and two touchdowns. And, you know, it's like eight for 17 for completing, but still, right, puts up points. Um, I like levels. He's, I mean, I have him slightly harmless, right? We're, we're really splitting hairs. So that's, that's about all. I don't want to beat the horse on this one. Yeah, and I mean, I think you know you're right. You know, he does have enough athleticism, uh, but I, I just think it's it's more the. I don't think he has the elite athleticism necessary to overcome the accuracy issues. Um, and obviously, you know, you're hoping for like you know, like you said that Josh Allen, you know, jump and and athlete and accuracy, um, but you know. Yeah, I, I said this with Trey Lance when he got drafted, you know, in the top five. I was like, you know, sell I'm selling the quarterback that has accuracy issues. Like the chances of that person, you know, improving. Josh Allen's like a one in a million, right? So I don't have this like huge love for guys that have accuracy issues. Yeah. And I will say, um, I think Levis would have to have the Josh Allen career. I don't think he's gonna come in and instantly, you know, be producing at a high, high level and being very efficient. He, you would have to be patient, right? 2022 is his second year playing since high school football. Uh, he, he definitely needs development. Um, so, right. If, if that's going to factor in, where does he get drafted in the NFL? Does he get drafted somewhere where he's going to be the day one starter? Like, you know, guaranteed that worries me. I'm much more interested if he gets drafted by say Indianapolis or, you know, a team that has an old veteran that's certainly going to be, you know, the starting QB, but they're going to learn behind them. They're going to groom them. That's the situation I'm hoping for a player like Will Levis. Yeah, and so next up, my next on the list is Sam uh, Heward and uh, quarterback for Washington from the 2024 class. And um, so yeah, it looks like he's going to win the job this year to start there. And, um, you know, pretty uneventful freshman season for him, but I think he still has a lot of talent. And I, and I think that what you're kind of hoping for there is a, is a big sophomore jump. Um, he's, you know, he's athletic enough. He, he's a pocket passer, but you know, um, Washington in general just was not very good last year. Uh, you know, they had high hopes. Like a lot of people had him ranked in the, I think it was like the top 10 originally at the beginning of the season. And they just bombed those expectations. So I, I don't 
think that you can kind of fault uh, fault him for having that for that bad of a season. Uh, and I don't, he didn't play, you know, much at all. So, um, but I, but I think you know, with the expectations that they had going in, I don't think that he, he should have been expected to take over and start either. So, um, you know, you know, what's your what's your thoughts there? Um, I was a big fan of Sam Heward coming out of high school. Uh, you know, a year ago, I was I was trying to draft him in my my Devi leagues, my C two C leagues for sure. Um, I'm out. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm out. I need to see something before I, you know, the shares I do have Sam Heward. I'm selling, uh, you know, for almost whatever I can get because they brought in Michael Penix. Like he, they brought him in to transfer for a reason. They didn't bring Penix in as you know to be a backup. Which that significantly worries me. So, if they don't want him to be the starter this year, that tells me I don't want Sam Heward, you know, in fantasy football. Yeah, I think he's going to win the job, though. Um, it looks to me like he's winning the job. Um, obviously, it's a little bit too early to tell. Uh, we haven't seen, you know, kind of how they're coming about after you know the the fall practices begin here, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's like I said, it's all potential with Sam Heward. I think you're you're looking at a guy that, you know, he had a huge amount of potential coming out of college or coming out of high school, and so you're hoping that that kind of clicks. Um, and that's kind of why he's a little bit lower on my list. Um, I think he still has potential to be a top, uh, top like a first round quarterback, but obviously that's like, you know, he has to he has to get the job at this point. Yeah, I mean, the potential's there, absolutely. I just. Uh, at least at this point, you know, if we're talking top twelve uh, in Devi, I'm out. I, I, I've got him much lower, much lower. Yeah, and so next up is uh, Hendon Hooker, so quarterback for Tennessee. So, you know, going back to that 2023 class, you know, I think uh, Hooker actually has the the highest growth potential in terms of his stock for me. Um, now, part of the reason that I think your your hooker should be an, is a good investment at this point. I think you're likely to get a starter at quarterback in 2023 in the NFL, and I think he's going to grow his only going to grow his stock. Like I don't see any situation where his stock is going to lower that drastically. Um, you know, Tennessee doesn't have like these huge expectations, but it's not like their team is like that bad either. Um, they throw the ball a lot, and I, and I see, I see that helping them. And um, either for you know a CTC format or a Debbie format, I think both are good options to take in a hooker. I was a little surprised to see Hooker make your list. Um, I like Hooker, uh, and I agree that he has a lot of growth potential. Uh, this definitely is a projection. I mean, he had a great year. He won the job last year, and. Uh, He's starting to turn Tennessee around. I mean, they've been struggling for a long time, and they they played pretty well. He had a great year. I just – I think Hooker is probably more of a college QB than NFL QB, and that's just why I have him lower. I could be wrong. I mean, hey, I want to see – I want to see what he does this year. If he makes another big step, then I'll rethink that. But I'm wondering if Hooker is – near topped out at what he can do yeah um and so you know for me next up is tyler van dyke so you know tyler van dyke i am actually surprised that i like van dyke because usually i like 
look at this type of player and I'm like, man, I don't know. I just don't see it. Um, but no, I think he's got a legitimate potential to be a uh, good quarterback uh, and a good prospect this year. I think he's going to be a first round draft pick. And I think he's a little bit safer of the version of, of Hennon Hooker. You know, I think he's probably a late first round pick um, with, you know, with depending on how many people need quarterbacks. And then, you know, that'll depend on how quickly these two go. But I think both these guys have potential to be drafted in the first round next year. Yeah, the way you feel about Hooker is the way I feel about Van Dyke. Van Dyke kind of came on the scene late last year, and he really just exploded. I was so impressed, right? This is a lower-tier recruit from the 2020 recruiting class, uh, high school recruiting class. But this Van Dyke has size. Van Dyke's got an arm. I think that – and I really like the direction Miami. Bringing in um, – wow. The uh, Oregon coach can't even Crystal think about Crystal Ball. Thank you. And then they brought in Gladys from Michigan to be the OC. Um, that is one of my concerns, right? Gladys obviously ran a very run heavy, not like show off my quarterback type of offense in uh, Michigan last year. But I'm hoping that was, you know, Harbar just saying, hey, this is what we need to do to win. This is how you play Big Ten football at Michigan, yada, yada. Now, Chris Ball has a history of taking extraordinarily talented QBs and making them seem, you know, less than, right? Justin Herbert, if you don't remember. Justin Herbert went third in that draft, you know, QB-wise for a reason. Uh, and he just didn't get to show off his insane talents. I'm hoping that doesn't happen with Van Dyke because I really like Van Dyke. Uh, Van Dyke made my list of uh, of top top 12 I uh, have them ranked very, very similar to you. Um, yeah, like, show me more. Like, let's see, you know, 2.0. I think he could have a huge year. Yeah, and then uh, last up on my list is Drake May. And so you you know my love for Sam Howell. It's been well documented that I was a huge Sam Howell fan. Um, and then that blew up. Uh, obviously on everybody's face because everybody had him ranked pretty high going into the season. But um, I think Drake May is everything that Sam Howell is. And now we just need to see if the potential plays out. Um, now, you know, you could say, well, UNC is a bad landing spot. Like it's not a good program. I, I could agree with you there, but I like Drake May's potential. I think he's got huge potential. And the only reason I have him at 12 is because of my uh, disappointment with Sam Howell. I, I think I I kind of am selling Drake May short because uh, of, of Sam Howell's disappointing season. I'm really happy that you fit Drake May into your rankings. Like, I wanted to. I really tried. I couldn't just because I tend to want to see it first. Um where you're, you know, you're definitely more potential based in your rankings, which is fine. Uh, but I really like Heward. He was one of my favorite QBs from last year's class. And I, I don't know. I, I think UNC is a good place. Uh, one, the ACC is is quickly becoming the conference of quarterbacks. Like just tons of great ones um, currently, ton, re, and recently. 
Um, I like Heward. I think that I think they've been doing really good things at UNC. They've been getting better and better. I was shocked with you that Sam Howell was a such a late round pick. I thought, you know, second round, maybe third with Howell. He's a smaller dude, but yeah, I was caught off by that. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I am a little lower on Heward, but I'm with you. I have a special place in my heart for you. I like him. He's got a lot of talent and I'm really curious to see what he can do with these, uh, Tar Heels. Yeah. And you know, one of the things I'd like to mention too, just uh, before we get to the honorable mentions here is one of the ish, the biggest, um, you know, the hardest things to do with quarterbacks, um, I think with college is, is, figuring out which ones from the like lower programs, the non big names are going to be successful Um, because there's always at least one or two in every draft class, you know, that, that comes out kind of out of nowhere from like a, you know, like Utah from the Jordan love um, the BYU with um, um, Zach Wilson. And, you know, there's always some of those guys. Right. And, just being able to try to find that talent is always going to be so hard. And I think really, honestly, it's, you're not really going to be able to find it all that often. I think, um, cause a lot of these guys, they have like, you know, big, late, late improvements. Um, and I, and I think that's one of the big things to look at too, is like, you know, I don't necessarily care if somebody was a three-star recruit, if they're improving year on year on year, but this five-star recruit is getting, is like basically staying the same. Give me that three-star recruit. Like, you know, but I think you have to kind of play that by ear a little bit um, and kind of have flexible rankings with those lower uh, tier recruits um, to see like, you know, how, how are they improving? And, you know, I think it's important to, cause that's kind of why, you know, I, whenever I, cause I wasn't really tracking on Hinden Hooker or Tyler Van Dyke, but they've both shown improvement since they, you know, started take, started the, uh, playing in college football, right? So now they're on my list and they're saying, I'm like, okay, well, let me give them a watch. Let me see if they're improving still. Yeah, it's true. Uh, that improvement is important because that indicates that they're becoming physically and mentally better at the game of football. Yeah. And um, so my next, uh, my honorable mention, uh, so I had two of them. Uh, so I have Phil uh, Jakovich from Boston College. And Brock Vandegriff and Brennan Armstrong. So I think with Phil Jerkovich and Brennan Armstrong, I think both of those guys are, are guys you're like kind of hoping uh, play themselves into the uh, first round of the NFL draft. Um, you know, I'm not a I'm not sold on either of them yet, but at the same time, I think Phil Jerkovich, especially, I think he has potential to kind of skyrocket up the draft board. Um, he had a really good season before he got hurt, and I think he can easily uh, continue that that trend, right, of, of growth. Um, and for Brock Vandegrift, you know, I think – I don't think he's going to start this year, and that's kind of why I've, I've dropped him down. I don't think he's going to take the job from Stetson Bennett. Um, that kind of worries me, but at the same time, I think, like, Stetson Bennett just won him a championship, even though he didn't actually win it. The defense did, but – you know, <clears throat> he just won a championship. He's not going to lose that job. Um, and then, you know, finally, Brennan Armstrong, you know, I think he's another guy that, you know, he could he could play himself into the first round. And uh, so I think it's important to mention him. 
Yeah, I, I like your Phil Jakurvich, um honorable mention a lot. I, I'm really bullish on him, the BC product. Uh, he had a great year last year going, and then uh, he got injured. And he tried to come back, but, I mean, he, he shouldn't have. He was not ready to play. That should end the season. So I'm really curious. And Zay Flowers returned, right, his, uh, his star connection wide receiver. So I'd love to see them continue what they were doing in 2021 this year and what they can do. I think with a really big year, Djurkovic could be, uh, you know, back end of the first-round pick. Um, so definitely worth a flyer, you know, in your Debbie drafts. Uh, Vandergriff, I got to push back just because, like you said, I don't think he plays this year. So, I mean, how how much am I really going to rely on a player who I granted I liked his his recruiting profile out of high school, but we're talking third year in college before he gets a chance to play, unless uh, Setson Bennett gets hurt, or unless we're seeing like a Tua taking over Jalen Hurts type of spot where you know finally Georgia gets up against you know, the Alabamas or you know, whoever is putting them to the ropes on a really big game and that, you know, Bennett just isn't getting it done. Maybe that's when they make the switch. But, like, I think Georgia's going to be rolling over teams with that offensive line, with that defense, with their decent running back. Well, actually, talk about that next week. I think they have a really good young running back prospect. But um, I just don't see it. I don't see Vandergriff playing this year. And if that's the case, I'm out. Like, I don't want a, a junior as their first year playing. Uh, that spells fantasy doom to me. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you're right. I, you know, it's one of those things, um, you know, you hope, you hope he takes over the job. Yeah. I mean, we can hope all we want, but, you know, I'm just thinking Kirby Smart and all of his history. I just don't see it. And yeah. that's why I'm not going to, you know, use a higher-end draft pick on him. Yeah, and then what do you think about uh, Brennan Armstrong? Armstrong, I mean, I'm not interested in Armstrong unless it's a C2C league, to be honest. I, I just don't see it. I think he's a phenomenal, you know, mid-Power 5 conference, you know, level team quarterback. He was phenomenal. He was leading the country. Uh, and yardage per game he was virginia's offense i just don't see it at the nfl level i'm thinking you know even if he gets drafted we're talking like a late day three draft pick yeah so you know one of the things um one of the players i did want to mention too just right before we sign off here is uh, a guy that i think could be a big riser at the quarterback position this year that I didn't put on the rankings and I don't really like have like that highly, but I do think he's like kind of a, an interesting player to, to monitor is Jaron Hall out of BYU. Um, you know, obviously Zach Wilson's not having a lot of success. It didn't have a lot of success his first year in the NFL, but you know, taking that away, I think Jaron Hall, I think he's he's performed well. You know, he, he's a young player that he showed improvement. Um, and I think it's it's important to, like, you know, keep track of that. And um, he played really well his, his first year starting. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But I, I think he's a per player to, to monitor. 
Yeah, I, I'm uh, definitely on board the Jaron Hall train for sure. I really like that that uh, highlight by you. Um, what I need to see is the development we're talking about because Jaron Hall had a very simple offense last year. They relied on Tyler Ajir. They relied on being better than most teams they played. He had good numbers, <clears throat> excuse me, but that was mainly because he wasn't asked to do too much. So I want to see, can Hall make that next step? Can Hall start making the throws that win games instead of the throws that put away games? But uh, if you give, you know, you're going to give your little dark horse, let me give mine. Cameron Ward, he just transferred to Washington State. Uh, he played two years at Incarnate Ward. Uh, it's a FCS program, and he was absolutely dynamic there. This is a bigger player, 6'3", 220, that has some wheels on him. And Washington State is known for producing some pretty good QBs over the years. So I'm really, really curious to see what Ward can do in a pretty weak Pac-12. Um, this is a way down the list, right, for me, but I, I think that was similar for you at Jaron Hall, so that's why I brought up Ward. This is much further down the list, but he's one of those players that you can probably get late in drafts, and uh, he he has a high upside. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, do you have anything else for our episode today, or do you want to talk about anything else? Uh, no, I mean, this was a blast. I'm, I'm so excited that we're really getting into the, the Devi world. It's definitely something you and I are very passionate about. Uh, I'm really excited to continue. We got uh, running backs next week, right, Robert? Yeah, we got running backs next week, and uh, yeah, we're looking forward to that. All right. Yeah, so we uh, thank everybody for listening, and um, you know, please give us a follow on Twitter, and please give us a like and review wherever you listen to the podcast. And um, yeah, we just thank everybody for listening. Yeah, thank you, Robert, and thank you to everyone that listens.